Bulls Gold is delivered to you via the Barroom Network, now in its seventh year of providing podcasts about Chicago sports, movies, and more. Make sure to subscribe to the Barroom Network for free and easy downloads of its programming. And visit its merchandising store at deepdishtees.com to purchase t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs. Now, on with the show. I am Edward Schuler, joined by Salim Sudawala. Salim, how you doing today, man? I'm good. I had a late night last night, unexpected late night. Um, we so we were supposed to hang out. Me, me and Luby, I were supposed to hang out with just one of her friends, mm. but uh, they all sneakily threw us an engagement like thing. Oh, it's really like a, a so an engagement party, like kind of a yeah, yeah. Oh, it's dope. So a bunch, <laughs> so a bunch of her friends were there, and we were just kind of having a good time. And I was out till like one o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's uh, dope, though. So, man. Hey, that's that's a good surprise. Yeah, yeah. So you out? Till, and I was like, "What's that? <laughs> you, you out till one o'clock? Yeah, yeah. Like, so I was till one o'clock, and you know, Luke, Luby, and I uh, pop some ibuprofen. <laughs> a lot of drinking. <laughs> you can't hang like you uh, used to, man. That's <laughs> nah, man. You gotta see. You got what you have to do now. Everyone who, I, whoever's listening to us, like the cure for plus thirty year old hangovers. You you take two or three ibuprofens and you drink like Pedialyte. Like depends on how the Pedialyte is depends on how much you drink, right? Yeah, you do that. I promise you, you will not wake up with a hangover. That's a promise. That is right a here. guarantee. That's a, <laughs> That's a guarantee. Yes. Like I, like I got like for my for my birthday, um, mm. I had I had gotten like wasted. Yeah. Took like three ibuprofens. Drank mm. Pedialyte. Woke up and I was like, I was tired, but I didn't let you know. Like, but I didn't have like that bad you know headache. Being right. like, oh man, I can't can't do anything uh right. yeah Pro- <laughs> look, promise man, you look i i feel it. i mean it, that probably does work because i mean i the last time i like stayed out late and got like drunk a lot i went to sleep and the room was just spinning you know you know when you're just laying mm-hmm. in the bed and it just feels like the room is rotating around you i, I hate that yeah. feeling so much and yeah <laughs> you're just praying that you get to sleep in the next like two minutes so it stops but <laughs> I, I always yeah. try to I think that's my fear now I just try to avoid that feeling of laying in bed and the room is doing a 360 around me <laughs> yeah I I really don't drink that much anymore at all like I'll have a couple and I'll be fine but like rare occasions when you know someone some people throw you uh, a surprise <laughs> engagement thing it's just kind of like that and obviously for my birthday for my big 4-0 um, I, I, I did a little bit of extra drinking, but yeah, yeah you got to live it up for that. You got to live it up. For yeah. That. 
For you, sure, man. So do you think um, the uh, do you think the Bulls party on, uh, on Thursday night? Did they have room to celebrate? Uh, did <laughs> did AK looks like he may have been on some kind of substance? Did, <laughs> did he go out the night the before? Dude. Did he go out the night before? <laughs> <laughs> he, he was he was he was uh, he was very delusional and just wrong and like the guy like. You know, we'll get into it, but like he just this more nonsense from AK. That's what was. Uh, that's what the like pressure was. Like you couldn't. The, the after after not making any moves, that's the pressure you have, and then you know, and over Zoom, it be that you know, I, you know, I was joking around in the DM saying, "Man, Zoom interviews rock because then you can have a." Have a Word doc open on the side and on, on yeah. the second screen yes. for your scripted yes. answers. It's <laughs> like so you know yes. what to say, you know, yes. when, when they ask you. <laughs> yeah, you, you can be prepared as prepared as you want to be, and I, I almost, I almost would be more relieved if they had party the night before and their judgment was a little <laughs> off because I, I would say, well, you know, they went out and maybe they just didn't have the, they just weren't in the right mindset with these trades but uh if, if they're making these decisions with a clear mind it's very disappointing to say the least so we we have our we have our full reaction to the trade deadline or the lack of trade deadline for the chicago bulls for the third straight year in a row and we're, we're not surprised i don't think anyone is surprised we all called it on the show with dave and c-dub that this would be happening and i i think it's just it's just one of those things where you know it's gonna happen you just don't you're not looking forward to it like you're just hoping it's one of those psych moments right yeah exactly it's it's like yeah you know it's it's funny i we, we can't we can't uh speak about the trade supposedly that i mean not supposedly but it was on the table for caruso but um, you know, it's one of those things where, like, you, you see that, and I, I was fine. I was expecting them not to do it, and then I see that offer, mm. and and it's like, really, you guys? <laughs> yeah, you know, that's what. Like, so I mean, well, we, you know, it just the one the one thing we do know with, without talking about that into detail is that. Casey Johnson reported that the Bulls and Warriors did factually have talks. So we know that that happened and it was about Caruso. And we know that the Warriors were pushing on pushing assets that were, of course, not anything big, but they did not want to trade Jonathan Kaminga. And that is who the Bulls wanted in that deal. So we, we know Casey Johnson reported that. Uh, in his article in NBC Sports Chicago. So what that offer looked like without Kaminga, I think people could probably take a good guess of what that is. And me and you, we've been talking about a Warriors-Bulls deal for a while, right? And mm -hmm. I think we agree that they had the best combination of assets and young players to get a deal done, whether it was for Zach, you know, many months ago, or it was for Caruso. So... The fact that nothing got done is just, <laughs> I, I, I think, uh, I think Chris, uh, you know, Chris Abinson was saying that 
the deal that they passed on is malpractice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent, malpractice and and delusional in the reasoning for passing on it too. It just right. like this need to be this. They said to be competitive, you know, and it's the the joke really is the the definition of competitive at the advocate center is not the same <laughs> definition everyone else has and knows as the factual definition of competitive. Yeah. So um, so let this is know, the this is the quote from AK in that in that post-trade deadline presser, he said, since I came here to Chicago, I wanted to have a competitive team. We came up with a formula in 2021. We had somewhat of a success. We took obviously a step back with some injuries, but my objective doesn't change. I would like to compete with the best teams. This particular team showed they can compete with the best. And that's what I'm excited about with 30 games to go. So, you know, of course this was hours before the Bulls, you know, barely beat a, a Memphis Grizzlies team without a lot of their best players. But um, I don't know. I, I think this this team is not – so I, I think we can both agree right now. This team isn't bad right now, right? They're, they're playing okay basketball, I think, at least respectable basketball. But they're – the long-term – the long-term road, I think, ahead is what we're most concerned about because the what what they've had to put in just to get this team to play respectable basketball is not something that necessarily is going to co- like carry over over the next couple of seasons, right? Right, it's all correct, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Because unless they're able to clear off money like Lonzo's contract mm. uh, or even find a way for a team to take Zach off their books, mm. they, they could potentially start losing players. Like you could lose Pat for nothing. Um, depending on what DeMar's extension looks like. I mean, it seem, it seems like both sides now want to get something done. I, I think there was something from yes. KC about yeah. that. Mm. Um, so, you know, you, you extend DeRozan, uh, you have the continuous, you know, all the other things that happen with the like, salaries. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm, like they would have to resign. I mean, and it's possible that they resign Pat for less than uh, what what originally people expected. Or he takes a qualifying offer, perhaps that that could be in play. Yeah, but that's that's a risky play too, just because then I don't know how the cap space will work out for the Bulls. Because I mean, they'll still have his bird rights granted. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's just they're they're headed to like, and and it's funny, like you know, he like I the the way AK answers some of these questions. Like he just generally seems like he doesn't know what's going on with his job. Like he doesn't know like the 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 um the responsibilities and the the how 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 to maintain and his his position. Like when like if someone asked me how to um how how I'm going to analyze this data to find out what the gross margin was. You know, for the sales that happened, um, I know what the ratio to use. Mm-hmm. I know how to calculate that, uh, and I can give you an answer. Um, Joe Cowley asked 
uh, AK, hey, how can we, you were knowing that you, the luxury tax is a problem. Mm-hmm. How are you expecting to keep Zach, keep Vooch, keep Damar, extend Pat, yada, 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 and expect to stay within the luxury tax because the ownership has said they will pay for a contending team, and we know this team is far from a contending team, mm-hmm. and he gives some bullshit answer to that question, and it's like, does this guy understand that you're in very <laughs> danger of losing actual assets because you're not doing anything right. because you keep just sitting on the roster? So yeah, it just it's just very perplexing to hear like these answers, and it makes you like I, I get that you know that there's like always a conversation that he doesn't like doing these pressers, and he's not a very charismatic guy but it just seems like he's just like a deer in the headlights and he doesn't know actually what's going on (laughs) yeah i I thought his answer i'm not sure what the question was but i thought his answer explaining the shift in how they've approached trade deadlines was a very it it was a cop-out so he, he said this he said what we did in 2021 when we turned our roster around that summer, I think we showed that we can be aggressive. At this particular moment, especially at this trade deadline, most of the teams in the league are trying to win. And it's a buyer's market. We are trying to stay competitive and not trying to stay, take a step back. So, are the Bulls buyers? I don't... <laughs> like, I, I, I don't... I, Supposedly. They're trying to stay competitive. I mean, so it's a buyer's market. So should the Bulls be buying? I don't I don't and, really know. <laughs> and the funny thing is, like Will Gottlieb said it best. Uh, he had tweeted, so the Bulls are trying to trade guys like DeMar, D- Drummond, and AC, but they they don't the what they're trying to do is then trade those guys for guys that can help them win still. Yeah. Excuse me, that's not how this works. You don't trade vets. For players to help you win, you trade vets when you're trying to get assets, or if it's some kind of like, like a r- rare situation, like s- situation where you're trading for a Kevin Durant. But even then, like you know, for example, the Suns gave them four draft picks and they gave them Macab Bridges, so that was young players and picks, right? Mm-hmm. So like. You can't you can't go to a team like Philly, for example, who was interested in Drummond. Supposedly, the rumors were they were willing to give like three second rounders, or potentially a team. I'm assuming it was Philly could even give them a first rounder, a late first rounder mm-hmm. for for Andre Drummond. And AK is like, no, we don't want the picks. We want a player that can help us win. It's like. How are you going to go to a contending team that's trying to get better and say, give us a player <laughs> that's trying to win? Do you understand what's going on? Like, you, you yeah. cannot go to contending teams who are trying to get better and expect them to give you something on their roster for these players to make their roster worse. Yeah. For a playoff push. So yeah. these teams, they want to give you picks. So you... Because that would make sense for mm-hmm. your roster. Because what you've built is not a competitive product. 
So it makes sense that you're trying to say, hey, Drummond's a free agent. DeMar's a free agent. We may lose these guys. You know, people make fun of Masai a lot, like call him, you know, a, a Kawhi Leonard merchant uh, and all that. But he even realized, hey, OG's a free agent. Pascal's a free agent. Let's mm. get something for these guys. Yeah. So, you know, it's just that's 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 like the like the frustration. It's he just doesn't get it. Like he's saying, dude, you cannot. Deep. You can either trade for veterans by giving up assets, or you can trade veterans for assets. You, yeah. There's no trading veterans for veterans, really. Yeah, I I think in a a dream world, you remember that uh, the trade John Paxson made uh, 2008, 2007. I think the. Uh, who was it? It was uh, Noach and uh, Goodman yeah. for uh, John Sam, uh, John Sammons and uh, Brad Miller. Yeah, so they they gave up like a pick to get off of Noach's contract, and yeah. like See, they it got, seems like those, that's yeah, the yeah. type of deal that those are the type of deals that I feel like AK is stuck in a a different era of NBA transactions where maybe those types of deals were a little bit more common, where you would see. NBA teams kind of trade those veterans for veterans a little bit more or like something like that. Even even though it's not similar, my thought was kind of the uh, the Carmelo Anthony trade to Denver where the Knicks or not the Nuggets got back all of those young players who helped that team stay competitive and they got picks too. So it seems like he's really stuck in a different, I think, transactional period with the NBA and trying to get a deal that really isn't going to work because how many deals did you see that happened at the trade deadline that were teams trading veteran players for veteran players to keep both teams competitive? It just no. didn't. I, I can't recall any, <laughs> you know? No, so no, I, it, yeah. I mean, there, there were, I mean, there was like super slop stuff, like, like Schrader, Dennis Schrader for, uh, like Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie right? yeah, but and then like, they, they cut right. Dinwiddie. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't until like, hey, I'm trying to keep Dinwiddie to get better. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was just kind of like a, it just seemed like a contract like offload type of deal, right? And um, to me, so to me, and we discussed this on the trade deadline show, and we discussed this before, but it's just it. it the Bulls have been in so two things. One, the Bulls have been in a position where they've been both buyers and sellers. They were buyers when they had one of the best record. They had the best record in the Eastern Conference or top two record, and they were looking at trying to get a four. But they didn't want to give up anything to get that guy, or they thought those players were too were priced too high to pursue. So they stood pat. And I think people could say, okay, fine, I get it. Even though it's disappointing, I get why they wouldn't go after a Jeremy Grant or Harrison Barnes or whoever was one of the top targets at the time. I think Kyle Kuzma was someone. Now they're in a position where logically they should probably be more sellers. And they're still saying, eh, we're not really seeing it. So they have been in both positions and still haven't gotten the deal done in three straight trade deadlines. And this AK quote where he's saying, hey, we want to be competitive and this is a buyer's market. So if you want to be competitive, then you're buying. You're, you're saying you're buyers. To me, that's what it comes across. 
So I don't know, like they they are not doing anything to further any sort of direction that they are going in. You know, the team is even though we I think in the past we've had conversations about, hey, the Bulls need to choose a direction. They've chosen a direction, even though we don't like the direction. But they are not doing anything to get further in that direction. They have simply chosen. They're just not doing anything. No, yeah. And if this playing <laughs> if this playing thing didn't exist, we would be yeah. a team that every year finishes with the ninth, tenth uh best record in the East. Right. You know, just sitting outside the playoffs. Um and with the picks that we've lost because of some of the trades that we made, you can't add you're not having enough opportunities to add young players to see if you can add those guys and eventually develop them. So you kind of stay yeah. stagnant. You just kind of consistently yeah. stay stagnant. And you look at you look at the original trade that was made by AK. So when they traded Booch for Booch with Wendell Carter and two picks, top four protections, mm. they were fighting to get into the playoffs. And at that time, the plan didn't exist. But I think what did they end up finishing? Like ninth or tenth or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, and 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 basically we're pushed four years ahead. We're in the same position still. Right, right. And, and granted, I mean, you know, with a little bit more context, we did end up as a six seed two years ago. But you know, that was that was just. You can almost argue, even with the injuries, you know, I remember that year with before the Lonzo injuries happened, there were some signs that the Bulls were kind of slowing down and, you know, the Mm. losses were going to start coming a little bit. Not as much as if Lonzo and Zach didn't get injured, certainly, but they Mm. weren't, they didn't look like, you know, as strong a team as they did at this, as in the beginning of the season. So, You already knew at that point they needed to add something to this roster because we already talked so much about how much they lack shooting um, on that team, even even with everything else that was going well. And that was the constant conversation. And since then, really, they have never done anything. Yeah. And it's been consistently going down, and it's kind of like flatlined into this, this team that's kind of an NBA hell. And... You know, we've mm-hmm. seen development from guys like Kobe White. Uh, we saw some from Pat that just unfortunately got hurt. But Kobe really has saved the season. And, and AC, By too, far. Yeah. for that matter, that matter, is kind of saving the season for the Bulls. And and I guess that's the reason probably why they don't want to trade AC, because it'll just, how bad it'll make them look if he trade him away and, and this team starts losing. So, like... Like if you look at cleaning the glass, and I know um, mm. um, someone tweeted out, I think it was Kevin Anderson of NBC Sports Chicago, tweeted out how the Bulls have a forty-four win uh, pace with Kobe Kobe in the lineup, and without him on and like on and off mm. uh, that is on and off numbers. Without him, they're a thirty-win team. Yep, that makes sense. He, yeah, he's, so he's, he's become when, a big difference maker. That, yeah, exactly. And same way with same way with uh, Caruso. Caruso. Yeah, like he has, he has. Uh, I think he's like a forty-four win pace, and without him, we're like 
uh, I think like around a 30, 31 win team. So yeah, he's he's an impact just, player. Yeah, it, it's but it, it's just like we Caruso's great, but he has a year left on his deal now. So it's it's you're you're now entering the off season and the offers aren't going to get better. I don't actually. Think. Actually, I take that back. It's worse with Kobe. So it's twenty win expected win, twenty wins. Okay, okay. Expected. So he doubles the wins. He's a forty three expected win when he's on, and twenty wins when he's not on on the court. He should be up um, there for so MIP, he, man. He, him and oh yeah, him, him, him and uh, him and uh, Shangoon from the Rockets, and right. I right. guess depending on yeah. how you look at Maxi's improvement, I guess maybe so too. But I. He'll probably win too, but I don't know. But those three, I think, would come to mind. But yeah, Kobe is just a revelation this season. But it's I'm I'm trying to think of so what what they're trying to do right now with this team. Is there any? recent example of a team that was doing something similar to what AK is doing that actually panned out to some degree. When I think of recent teams that like basketball hell, like you said, I mean, one team that sort of comes to mind is that Miami team for a little bit after LeBron left and after Bosch retired when they just had like a bunch of like kind of like veterans on contracts and Sort of got out, yeah, but were, but then they got Jimmy Butler. They signed Jimmy Butler in free agency, and they drafted pretty right. well. So yeah, they they had like Bam already on the roster, but then they yeah. had a bunch of other these like guys. Yeah, just like know, random like James contracts. Johnson, Wayne Ellington, yeah. Olenek, yeah, uh, Dion Waiters. Yeah, just and, a, yeah, just a, a nothing team, but they they but they were active though. Right, they, they were, were constantly active. active yeah, and, and they. Obviously, you know, D-Wade did his recruiting for them by getting Jimmy, but at least, mm. you know, getting Jimmy changed a lot for them, changed a lot of fortunes for them. And since getting yeah. Jimmy, obviously, we know what happened for them. But, mm. yeah, I mean, you have to remain active. Like, if you're, if you're not going to get better from the draft, you're not going to get better with trades, mm. how else are you going to get better yeah, because that, yeah. Right now, the only draft picks that the Bulls have had in the AK era, Pat, like who I think is still going to be a pretty good role player, mm. and de- could develop more. And we'll see. He's still. I mean, I know people hate the whole. He's still twenty two, but that's still <laughs> po- a possibility. Him getting better, um, as, as as he keeps progressing. Hopefully, he can get healthy, and he's not, you know. Um, injured, you know, doesn't get injured again, or mm-hmm. or his injury isn't as serious. Uh, you got Dale and Terry, who again is could be a nice role player. We talked about him last week with David and C Dub, big David mm-hmm. C Dub. But again, his thing is if he can never get his shot, he needs to be able to get a shot right mm-hmm. on decent volume for him to be a consistent good role player instead of just being a guy that you use mm-hmm. in injury or foul trouble situations. Uh, and then you have Io and now Julian Phillips in the second round. So you've got some guys there, but none of these guys at this point look like guys that could pop into Kobe White status, right? And right. granted, granted, Kobe also didn't look like that, certainly. 
But I mean, that's not something we can expect from these guys. Like, I don't mm. think that's something you put your your hat on. You you don't you don't go to the casino and say I'm putting my black all putting all on Dale and Terry becoming taking this big leap. You know, you're not <laughs> doing that. That's not how you invest. I'm I'm putting all my money in Julian Phillips taking this big leap and and becoming this foundational uh, piece along with Kobe White. You know, that's right. So how are yeah. you going to get another foundational piece is the question, right? And yeah. right yeah. now the Bulls are, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. The cap situation isn't great. They're not. So it, it's, you, you, you touched on it. They're, they're not really hitting on draft picks. It's like Patrick Williams is a solid, good role guy. Terry, who knows, could be a, a okay role guy. Io seems like a good role guy. Um, Phillips promising potentially a good role guy, but they have to have some big hits with these draft picks. They have to be in that. They don't have to be what Kobe is doing right now, but they have to be in that vicinity, I think, in order to get somewhere. But if you're not hitting on draft picks, then what is your strength? We talked. I think we talked about this with Morton Jensen. Uh, shout out to him on a show before. But what is the strength of this front office? If it's not trades, if it's not signing free agents, if it's not hitting on draft picks, if it's not player development, what, what's the what's the like strength of this team organization? And I think when you when we're talking about comparable examples of teams that may have been in the same boat, just treading water and trying to stay relevant that way. A team like Miami had a strength, player development. They had a strength, staying active on the trade that, uh, with trades. They had a strength. They were hitting on draft picks. So it was, they, they were treading water, but there were things that they were also doing well that got them out of that. Signing free agents. They signed a big time free agent. Culture. Like, it, it, there were draws there. The Bulls don't have any draws, even though, I mean, they are the Chicago Bulls, so you would think it would be that that would be attractive, but they don't have that. So it's I I don't know what they are trying to do here. And as much as I am not a fan of like watching another rebuild, they these things are they have to sell, <laughs> you know, like if you so let let's. Let, let's let's look at the trades that did happen because some of these were linked to Chicago, like you mentioned. Uh, we we already talked about the Caruso Golden State deal that could have happened. We talked about what they possibly could have gotten for Andre Drummond. So two second rounders, maybe three second rounders, that would have been fine. Drummond's a free agent, probably won't be back. Demar, they were talking the Demar trade with Philadelphia, and then Philadelphia went and traded for. Uh, Buddy Hill with Indiana. Right. And I think it's fair to conclude. Don't know for sure, but I think it's fair to conclude. And then they also traded um, House to, uh, I think, Detroit yeah. for like a second round pick. Yeah. And then I think Detroit right, cut right. him. So I, I tweeted this, but I think it's fair to assume that Philadelphia was offering something built around some sort of salaries of Korkmaz, Marcus Morris, House, probably some second round picks, maybe maybe a first. Who knows? Right. 
I would do that. <laughs> yeah, I DeMar, mean, yeah, Demar's yeah. great, but he's not. We're is he coming? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like I, I would do that as opposed to bringing Demar. I, and I love Demar. Listen, like I, yeah, it, it sucks to have these conversations. I love Demar, but I, I don't want to. I don't want to bring Demar back on like a three-year, hundred million dollar contract, and mm. that just almost feel like feels like where we're headed. Yeah, and there's like, got to be a – what's the goal? The, why, <laughs> yeah, why is DeMar going to take a, a discount on a contract? It's, I don't – like tw- like even even three years, $75 million is tough because mm. then you really have to cut around the margins again, work around the margins again to try to figure out how to stay on the luxury tax. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just gets tough, and and then again, so like because you're doing that, how are you improving the team? Because once again, you're gonna go in the off season and add your Goran Dragics, your J- Javon Carters, that may be help for like a couple of weeks, and then the flame goes down for them, and they're pretty much useless and not players that you can actually add to win, help you win games, and yeah, you're back in this spiral of just being like that ninth tenth seed that's in the play-in um and you're wasting and another thing you're wasting this kobe white performances you're wasting like you you have kobe white on a great contract great contract yeah you're kind of wasting it instead of trying to do that retool around him getting players that can fit around him young guys that can work with him and try to try to you know advance his skill sets or, 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 you know, kind of complement his skill sets and start really comp- trying to find a way to push forward. You're kind of just staying still. And then in two, two years after this season, he's going to be due for a max contract and then know what's going to happen then, you know, it's just like, mm. yeah, it's yeah. And DeMar is going to be 35 in August, man. Yeah. <laughs> it, like you said, I, I love Demar. He's been a been one of the best free agent signings the Bulls have ever had, easily. But this team is not putting all of these chips in, continuing to put all of these chips in on twenty four and twenty seven or twenty five and twenty seven. Isn't it's not really going anywhere. Like I, I get it, but it's not. It's just too much to do. So you, at some point, you said you have to say, "Hey, we gotta, we need to get some assets. We need to get some picks. We need to get some credit." As C. W. was saying, we need to let's get some second rounders. Let's get a first. Let's get a few young players, and let's see where it can go. Let's get some flexibility back, because that's really what this team is missing right now. They're just, to me, that's just really my biggest concern right now with this front office is that. Even though it started very encouraging because we were saying at that first trade deadline, we were saying, okay, they're making trades. They're aggressive. They're going for it. They're going for something. It's like, okay, I can appreciate that, especially after all of those years with Paxson and Foreman being super conservative with trades and really not wanting to stick their neck out there for a talent. So when we get a deal like Vooch, it was like, hey, they're. The guy has played like an all-star before. They're saying, hey, let's build around this guy. Let's build around Zach and let's see where it goes. I can admire that. But 
they have not really shown since then that they have a strength. And that's concerning to me. Every every good team right now has some sort of strength. I never thought I'd see today where we're talking about the New York Knicks front office having a strength. <laughs> they, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they've, they've made like really smart moves to continue to see get better. They've added to the roster, um, found ways to improve the team. And, you know, they, obviously they're still biding the time as far as maybe making that big, big move because, mm-hmm. you know, that just hasn't come about yet where it makes sense for them to, you know, you know, the people are always talking about Zach to New York because of they have picks and stuff, but you know, they're like, wait, we don't we don't want to jump on this because Zach isn't the superstar that we we're that we we're trying to save up these assets for. Mm-hmm. And who knows who that'd be at this point. Maybe Donovan Mitchell, I know that was a connection, but I don't I'm not sure how much he fits on that roster as as he did prior to a lot of these other moves have made, but yeah, they have a lot of depth. They have, you know, they have the Brunson free agent signing, like was a Brunson, massive run. Randall in free agency. Randall Josh Hart agency. was a trade, a good trade. They, yeah, they got OG he, in a trade. DiVincenzo yeah. in free agency. Hartenstein. They've made, like, we used to joke about the Knicks in free agency. Yeah, they made bad moves. They, they overshoot for stars, but they have made good moves in free agency and they have picked up all of these draft picks. Like you said, they're in a and great position. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and that's what I would love the Bulls to be at. The so Knicks aren't winning a title this year and they may yeah. not win a title next year or beyond until they get another absolute stud of a player. But mm. guess what? They're going to be making playoff pushes and they have the opportunity to at least get into the Eastern conference finals. Yes. And Jalen Brunson is what, like, Jalen Russ is 26, 27, 27. Yeah. So he's going to be good for a while, four, five, six years. I mean, he's going to be good for a while. So they have something to build around for a long time. So it's just the Bulls have a player in Kobe White who in our last show we were talking about, hey, is Kobe White, could he be a franchise player? Is he someone to build with? Could he become... Could he become, yeah, I think you yeah. had mentioned, could he become Jalen Brunson? Could he become, like, yeah. I mean, it's he's 24. Though. I mean, it'll be interesting because he's still, like the jump that he's made, the improvements that he made at 24, and he's going to be 24 in a week uh, or like four days or something like that. Mm. Um, that's It's a possibility that yeah. it could still go happen. You know, like we mm. saw Zach take a big jump at like, what, 20 six seven yes yes you know um and we saw um even though he's not here we saw lowry lowry marketing has taken a jump at how old is lowry now lowry might be younger i think think larry's a little i think larry is uh yeah larry 25 26 (laughs) yeah so So, like we we could still see another jump from kobe you you never know like you know i've talked about his scoring, like maybe he could become a legit, like it's developing and he's shown signs of it, but maybe he could become a legit three-level scorer when yeah. you talk about the three-point shooting, the mid-range game, getting to the free throw line and mm-hmm. finishing at the basket, like the three-level score. That's, that's, there's, there's game, there's days that he sh- shows that. Um, and obviously the, the free throw shooting is going to be the big one because right now I, I think he needs to get to the line a little bit more. Like if he can get to the line five or six times, 
like six times I would say that's cooking then. But yeah, yeah, I mean, he he's... his play, his playmaking and ball handling that. If you combine that, that's probably where you start talking. And obviously, this is hypotheticals and and you know looking way too in advance and maybe a little bit with a red tinted glasses. But mm-hmm. like, if he let's say becomes that three level scorer and continues to be this really good playmaker where he's able to protect the ball, um, he could potentially start sneaking into that top twenty conversation. Yeah, it, it's definitely possible. He. He's been averaging twenty point over twenty points per game since yeah. uh, December, I believe, and shooting above forty. It, he he went from a streaky shooter in his first couple of years to he's shooting forty percent on over seven attempts per game from three now. So now he's sneaking in that I'm an elite shooter category, and we we're seeing the shot creation, we're seeing everything. So they may have something with him in terms of what they can build with. Now it's just what what strength can you utilize as a front office to support him? And I, I don't know what that is right now. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. And, and I think we keep tracking in circles and, and yeah. confusion on what this, what how they can go about getting this team better and trying to find ways to build around Kobe and yeah. support Kobe as far as the things he does out there. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're going to go into the buyout market now. I'm, I'm assuming so. They have they're about 1.7 million under the luxury tax, so they can <laughs> sign somebody. I think if they sign some a vet, it'd be about 700 thousand prorated. So I think, um, I think I've seen Joe Harris was someone that has been mentioned. Yeah, but it's I, like I don't know Joe Harris, man. He's not good anymore. Like he's like the. Like the six and like seven and forty something or whatever the record is, I can't remember <laughs> what the record is. But like the team that's basically on pace to set one of the worst records in NBA history is barely playing Joe Harris, mm-hmm. and they're a team that's looking for veterans. They were looking to trade for people to help them win, and <laughs> Joe Harris plays like once every month for them, like. like <laughs> You know, and, and so or played once every month for them. There was that. I mean, I know they've been linked to Gallinari in the past. He's going to be available or is available. I can see that. Yeah, I can see Gallo. Um, but even how much is Gallo going to help? I mean, maybe helps a little bit for with the fact that with Pat's out and stuff. But like, how much is like is he? How much does he have left in the tank at this point to really help a team that's trying to? When supposedly competitive, is he going to actually be a guy that comes in and impacts the game game positively? Because yeah, he can shoot it still a little bit, but like his defense is completely probably falling off. So then you lose on that end by playing him. Yeah, uh, on the defensive end, if he's if he's at if he can't keep up with it with his assignments and his rotations, and just because he's just not quick like quick enough movement wise. And just consistently is getting like destroyed on that end of the court. Mm-hmm. Whatever you know, level of shooting he brings is not going to make up for it. So, yeah, yeah I just the, the buyer market and it just seems pretty much. And then I know there was like the Kyle Lowry. I, I don't see why they would want to go get Kyle Lowry, um, other than just because he's friends yeah. with Demar. 
Um, that might be, I, that, I, that might be it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of, but like it doesn't make sense though because we have obviously Kobe. We've talked about it and, and not, and nausea, but we still have our Alex Caruso. We still have Io, who's been playing really well too. Carter, like, why still are you playing. taking minutes? I mean, Javon Carter is whatever. I, I mean, if I guess if he takes Javon Carter minutes, it wouldn't be the worst. But I, I don't know. Like I said, I wouldn't want Io playing less. Like why, why, why are you punishing Io? Like he's been playing well, good basketball. Yeah, I don't, we just talked about it, and we just talked about how he had the first 50, 40, 90 month in NBA history or uh, Bulls history. Hmm. Like, yeah, it just these buyout candidates that have been floating around it. It doesn't. It's not inspiring. Like yeah, thirty. Yeah, it's a like thirty-five okay. year old, a thirty-three year old. Both can both can probably shoot in theory. It would not. It would not surprise me if Joe Harris just needs to change the scenery to get back to being an elite shooter. But he's also. Maybe. But he's also not probably not going to give you much defensively either. No. And Gallinari is definitely not going to give you anything defensively either. So, it, yeah. I, and I, mean, yeah I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I suppose so these guys would fit in with how the Bulls want to have been playing offensively without Zach with the quick ball movement decision-making. Mm. Uh, you know, the, the way that they've been doing it. I mean, I, I guess that makes sense for sure. Yeah, and Gallinari's been um, coached by – Billy before so it, that would not mm-hmm. shock me so th- you know there's a there's a connection there um yeah but also at the same time like I don't know so if some of these teams I don't know if any contenders will go after these teams I don't think so I don't think Gallinari is going to be a popular or any of these players okay. uh, Joe yeah. Harris so, yeah I, yeah it's- yeah I mean <laughs> the o- only only solace right now for Bulls is to continue to watch Kobe Bulls fans I think is continue to watch Kobe play quality right. basketball yeah I, we'll see if they can keep winning i mean they're only two games under 500 right now i they, mean but the schedule is kind of get a get, little tough it's gonna here. get tougher yeah we're not gonna be facing the grizzlies um the rest of the way so yeah yeah <laughs> um you got you got next with atlanta who at atlanta it's, it's it, i mean they're not a good team but it's in atlanta so it, it could be it, the Bulls have a tendency there. of not playing playing great in Atlanta. Yeah. We play we don't play the Cavs well. And yeah. we're gonna be in Cleveland and Cavs have been rolling. Hot. Like, hot. <laughs> they've been hot. Yeah. Then they have the Celtics. Uh you have a Pelicans team that's been playing better too. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you you have I mean then the Pistons were that's you know, that's lost, but then you have the Cavs again to end February. Hmm. Um, it's it's gonna get it's gonna get. Tough. We have played a lot of, we played a lot of bottom feeders, and we played a lot of teams mm-hmm. who are either just, just kind of killed by injuries in some aspects as well. So we're we're we're, and I think we're yeah, still another one, of, that West Coast road trip is. We still have another big West Coast road trip coming up too, right? I um, think I think we have another. I don't think. So. Okay, we don't. Have- oh yeah, 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 yeah. We do, we do. Okay, so yeah. Uh, King, uh, yep, it's March. I was looking at March's schedule. That's yeah. tough as heck. So first is a home game at the Bucks, and then that West Coast schedule happens. And these are the teams we're playing on that West Coast trip. The Kings, tough mm-hmm. as hell for us. Uh, the Jazz, mm-hmm. another team that's been playing better. I mean, you know, we've had the Jazz a number of recent in recent years. 
but they're they're they've been playing better too. If, I know if they, if they can stay healthy, um, mm-hmm. I know. But it's on the road. You got the Warriors again. You know they're not the greatest, but again, it's still at on on their court. And I'm not, you know, it's Steph Curry. I'm not yeah. taking them lightly. Then you got the Clippers. That's the that's the West Coast road trip. You that's, know, that's brutal. <laughs> um, and then and then you're coming back to play at home against Dallas. Then you got the Pacers at in Indiana. Then the Clippers are coming back to town. Like the only teams I see here that are like gimme wins are the Wizards, the Blazers, and the Wizards again. The rest, I even then maybe the Nets are a gimme win, but that's mm. a it's a tough March schedule. Like I, I, they're not. There's a lot of tough wins and or tough games. And if Pat's gonna be out still, we're shorthanded. Like mm. will will the minutes start adding up for Kobe and Demar? They've been playing heavy minutes. Like. Yeah, that was my other concern is that they the rotation right now is not very deep in terms of quality guys and they are squarely reliant right now on Kobe, Damar, and Vooch to some degree. Mm-hmm. So and we don't know if we don't know when Pat is coming back. Um hopefully he's able to come back before the end of the season. That would help a lot, but yeah, it, 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 it could be one of those cases where, God forbid, if some sort of injury happened, the team is going to skate back pretty far. <laughs> so it, there is right. a very slim margin for error here with the remainder of a season. And I think it goes back to it. To me, it, it really just goes back to the trade deadline. And that's if you're not again, AK said that they want to compete. And he said that this is a market that is good for buyers. <laughs> I, I, to me, one plus one means you're a, a buyer, but they said no, we're we're not buyers, I guess. So yeah, <laughs> but I, we want to stay competitive. But <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> it's, just, uh, it's like. It's like saying I want to date, but not really. <laughs> so you don't want to date? No, I do, but you're not going on any dates. Not, I just don't yeah. want to date. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I don't know what is. I don't know what's going on, man. But yeah, I don't know. Do you have, yeah, do you have but, any final thoughts here? Or yeah, <laughs> stay strong, Bulls fans. <laughs> I guess I don't know. We this is like I said. All this is just really disappointing, man. And this is the third straight trade deadline where they've done nothing. They like we said on the the trade deadline show. The Bulls have not made a, a trade for an NBA player since August, uh, was it 28, 2001? Uh, or not even that. I I think further back than that. But they have not made yeah. – they've made one trade in the last, like, close to 900 days. And right. that is – that is not normal. And I hope Bulls fans understand that. And if – you need proof, please go to Sport Rack or whatever equivalent website and just look through the trade transactions and see all of the teams that uh, pop up and notice the, how the Bulls are not popping up over the last three years. What we're seeing right now is not normal at all, and it sucks. And I don't know. I, I don't really know what's going to come in the offseason. I don't know what to make of the team going forward. Like the future is kind of bleak. I mean, I, 
I, I, I think Marte said it best when the Hornets are running circles around you, something's wrong. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and yeah, I mean, I, at this point, it's just basically enjoy Kobe White's performances. Yeah. Just yeah. enjoy what he's doing, uh, yeah. the way he's playing. Uh, it gives gives up these Bulls fans some glimmer of hope that. Right. Uh, and, and hope that Pat can come back and play this season. I There's still no update on what's going on with him. So, yeah, well, uh, yeah, enjoy it. Hopefully there's some good player development. Enjoy Kobe. Enjoy the good games. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully uh, Julian Phillips gets some more burn and he starts showing some. Yeah. Like he's shown some stuff, but like maybe he has a couple of nights where the sh- shot is just going, you know? And yeah. The shot looks, the just, shot is looking better in pregame. It's looking, yeah, it's, yeah. it's looking better. It's, it's far on the way better than DTs right now. So I, it's right. It's, it's looking like something. So yeah. Um, hopefully we get some player development and, yeah, enjoy Kobe's game and maybe maybe he makes a run for MIP. We'll we'll see. But um yeah, that that's today's show. It's a little <laughs> it's a, it's kind of a darker, darker mood today, but uh understandably with uh everything that happened this trade deadline. But if you want to catch some of our past shows, maybe some of our uh more uh optimistic and fun shows you can uh catch us right here on the barroom network and we're we're uh, located wherever you get your podcast on spotify on apple on podbean uh for salim sudwala i'm edward Schuler. this has been bulls gold and we will catch you next time bulls fans <laughs>